Man, you're getting killed out there. <sighs> Tell me about it. I feel like Rocky after 15 rounds with Apollo Creed. Speaking of Rocky, did you know that Sylvester Stallone wrote the first draft of the movie in only three days? Did you know that Sylvester Stallone permanently flattened out his knuckles from punching the side of beef? What about Burgess Meredith? He ad-libbed his line in the audition, which landed him the role of Mickey. Or that a destitute Sylvester Stallone turned down $350,000 because the studio didn't want him starring in it? Well, you can find this out and much, much more by listening to Rocky Minute, the fan podcast that covers the Rocky movies one minute at a time. You can find us on DuelingGenre.com. Now get back out there and knock this bum out. Dueling Genre. Everyone, welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the daily podcast where we are talking about the 1991 Ninja Turtles sequel, The Secret of the Use, and we're doing it one minute at a time, again, because we're masochists. I'm Scott Tofty, <laughs> with me as always as our panel of uh, reptilian experts. I gotta find like a fun, like alliterative way to say that one of these days. I keep trying to do it, and I can never come up with one. But anyway, here's Chris O'Connor. Why do we gotta do this one minute at a time? We saved the city. <laughs> Rachel Gatlin. Hi. And Adam Sheehan. Hello there. And once again, joining us, R2 Ninja Turtle herself, Miss Ariel Somerville. Hi. Welcome back. Hello. Day two. She came back, guys. She likes us. Yay. Yay. We didn't drive her away. Yeah, I guess. Yay. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about Minute 12 today, but before we do, let's talk to our guests a little more. Ariel, one thing we forgot to ask you yesterday, which we have to ask all of our guests, mm -hmm. is how did you first fall in love with the Ninja Turtles? Oh, man. Uh, I, well, my brother, my big brother is three years older than me, and when I was born, he was totally into the Turtles phase. Like, he was born in... Uh, uh, 1987 so like that's like when the turtles were a big thing right um, i remember and like yeah so pretty much like he was into it and then i like came into the household and i was like oh turtles okay and like there's even home footage of my mom like filming my brother out in the backyard and he's like swinging some plastic size around and he's like i'm Raphael, and mom's like oh <laughs> and she turns around and i'm in the stroller and she's like and this must be april o'neill <laughs> um, you were then, anointed at birth exactly but like the big like interest like the big fandom obsessionness came around uh just before seventh grade and i don't know why like i i think i saw like i was at planet hollywood and i saw a prop from it and it made me go like oh yeah that movie but um i've always liked them like i remember i was like showing my extra girly friends like hey do you want to watch ninja turtles and they're like no <laughs> but it's like oh but Raphael meets his match is like the best thing ever <laughs> i had like that vhs tape um with mona lisa yeah i loved mona lisa yeah um yeah i loved that tape that was my favorite um but uh when i Wait, really was really it a burger king kids club tape i don't I don't remember if it was Burger King. It was like the black VHS where like Raph is like his face is right at the center and he's got flowers uh, okay. in his hand and Mona Lisa's like off to the side. Um, All right, listeners at home, uh, Scott mentioned the Burger King Kids Club. You have to eat a burger now. That's the rule. <laughs> oh, That's no, the I'm going to be so fat. 
<laughs> but um, so when I really got obsessed, I saw the prop at Planet Hollywood and I was like, oh yeah, that movie. And I like had this urge. I was like, I really want to watch Ninja Turtles now. And all of the VHSs were in the garage. And so I actually left a bunch of notes for my dad, like on computer paper, scribbled in marker, like all over the house in the hallway, just like, dad, go get the Ninja Turtle VHSs from the garage. Dad, please <laughs> get the VHSs. Dad, Ninja Turtles, just anything with Ninja Turtles on it, please. And he like brought out all of the VHSs. I had like all these piles of them and I just had wow. this marathon and I was like this is the best ever <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm just so known safe, for being the Ninja Turtle person <laughs> safe to say the cartoon is what first got you into it that 80s cartoon right yeah and uh when did you like first remember seeing these movies uh, I mean specifically Secret of the Us, the one we're talking about this season too do you remember seeing it for the first time not for the first time, no. They were definitely part of my childhood, but I mostly remember Secret of the Ooze for that time when like, I got, I dug out all the VHSs and really got into it because the first movie I enjoyed. Like, you know, it's a really, really good movie. And then the second movie was when I had a lot more fun and like I, like I said in the last episode, like uh, more quotable and just like it was just a really good time. Uh, and so... That was the movie that I would watch like every single day when I got home from school. And that's how I like got it memorized. And, you know, I was reenacting it and all that, you know. All right. Love it. Well, you definitely wowed us with your skills yesterday reenacting the minute. So <laughs> I figure why not do it again? We're here in minute 12. <laughs> minute 12 is going to start with, uh, uh, you know, Leo talking down to Raph and being a little sarcastic and snarky, which is not something we see a ton from Leo. Uh, but I like it. I like the side of Leonardo. And the minute ends with uh, the turtles gathering around Splinter for a bit of a lecture. So, Ariel, if you wouldn't mind doing the honors, can you recite the entire minute for us from memory? Okay, let's see. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, yeah. Right, Raph. It's a little tough when about 500 members of the Foot Clan know where you live, you know? He's right. What? We kicked their butts. They're all in jail. Sides. We took out the Shredder. So what's everybody so worried about anyway? He's right. No. Splurn took out the Shredder. They're both right. Yeah, yeah. I was there, Leo, remember? Old Shred did a swan dive with a half gainer right into the back of a garbage truck. Ah! Raphael, huh? Come away from there. Gee, I was just never forget who you are. You are ninja. You must always practice the art of invisibility. All of you. Well, I don't get it. I mean, why? We saved the city. Why can't we just go out and... Uh, stand before me, my sons. And then they oh, all walk man. over. <laughs> that's, that's so good. Wow. <laughs> I'm might, never, ever going to get tired of that. I might Chef be a kiss. little shoddy in the next one because Master Splinter monologues are a thing, but <laughs> I will try. They're that a was, little, that they're was a little pretty like perfect. Word soup. Thank you. That was, that was, I, I mean, I am, listen, I think you just convinced me that we have to do a table read and you have to be Raphael. Thank you. I think you. you just sold me. <laughs> You're officially the first cast member hired for that. Perfect. I'm so down. <laughs> I mean, hired Acquired? on a volunteer basis. Yeah. You're cast. Let's put it that cast way. Cast politely to volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> we can pay um, you in candy. Yes. Sounds good. <laughs> can we? And, Wait. And, how come I'm not getting paid in candy? Well. Because because you were grandfathered in. It's only for new members, Chris. Ah, right? poops. You're not part of the union. It's not part of your contract. I, I'm sorry. It's a new price plan. You're part of the old price plan, <laughs> which we will still honor. 
Damn. <laughs> um, so the the minute begins with with Leonardo being all snarky to Raphael, and I I always sort of like surprised that this kind of came out of nowhere. Like the turtles were all having a lot of fun and being kind of jolly and getting along. And now Leo's just like, blah, attitude, snark. Long simmering like, tension. He tends to very... kind of every interaction I have with my sister will be like, <laughs> he'll be fine. And then she'll say something really mean. But nah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're they're nah. brothers. And like Leo tends to uh, put that attitude on Raph specifically. Like he also had kind of that attitude in their fight in the first movie too, you know? Yeah. 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 We don't need you. Yeah. Yeah. There's also a little yeah. bit of like a deflection or or uh, or projection going on where it's like you know they can they can hear uh, the annoyance like creeping into April's voice and it's just like well we don't want to yell at her so I'm just gonna yell at you brother. I mean it's kind of like you know this might be sort of a mean comparison but like you know my mom will drive me crazy sometimes and like we'll bicker sometimes and so I could be having a good time with like I don't know my cousins and then she'll say something and then I'll switch right to like the oh yeah right mom you know. Mm-hmm. So like, like instant it's, vitriol. Yeah. So yep. like a family member that you tend to disagree with a lot, like that's definitely like Leo just kind of saves it for him. Like, oh, Raph just decided to like say something. He made a statement. So it's my job to say the opposite thing. It's almost like Leonardo is used to having this interaction with Raphael. So his brain just instantly snaps into that mode. Exactly. He's yep. def- he's there, there to be the opposite of him. Like he's like they just disagree on everything. So immediately his first reaction is to be like, no. Raph, like, yeah. do you think, shut up. Do you think that Leonardo brings out the worst in Raphael also? Do you think that Raph is just, like, so frustrated by constantly being talked down to and, like, being second-guessed that, like, it makes him act out even more? As someone who can relate to Raph in that way, yes. <laughs> yeah. My inner child psychologist is coming out now. Yeah, if you treat somebody like they're a constant screw-up, they're going to be like, oh, well, I might as well just screw it up then. Yeah, you just, well, you get annoyed that someone is constantly talking down to you and always correcting you, and especially how, like, Leo's the leader, and he's always telling him what to do. Like, you know, you want to rebel. Like, you might be one of those people who's like, you told me what to do. Well, no, I'm going to do this other thing. Or, like... You know, if someone's constantly correcting you, you'll be like, stop. Like, I know what I'm doing. Leave me alone. You know, yeah, so it's he and yeah. like Raph because he's so short tempered. He's just he's annoyed by Leo. Just generally his presence. Yeah, I, I draw the comparison to me and my sister again. Like my whole life, she was mean to me. And then when she tries to be nice to me, it's like, why are you being nice to me? This what is, is your you. ulterior motive? Yeah. yeah what, what do you want? <laughs> what are you doing? No, um, Janet, screw you. <laughs> I, I'm reminded of how close the turtles were at the end of the first movie, hugging on the rooftop, dancing around. And like, clearly they had gone through a lot and it was supposed to be implied that there had been some changes in relationships. Um, and we don't necessarily see a ton of that carryover, but it does bring up this question. And I want to get Ariel's thoughts on this. How much time do you think has passed between the first turtle movie and this one? Hmm. Not, not much. Like... How long do you think Shredder was just kind of like chilling out in the garbage, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, this is the thing is they never really give us that answer. And then there's all kinds of weird scenes in this movie that sort of give <gasps> conflicting oh, answers. Oh, you know, I do have one point. Um, when you cut to the uh, foot ninjas, you know, 
and it's just like, this is it. Everyone else must have been picked up. Ah, so like, they, it might have literally just happened where it's like all of the foot need to like go regroup somewhere else. And it's like, everyone else must have been picked up. Like, yeah, all of the police might have just like, you know, got them. You know, so that was my thought Good originally, call. too, is that it's got to be very close. But then you see things like Splinter is like pretty good looking now. April's already got this, you know, apartment and it's fully decorated. Mm. You know, she might have like just gotten it furnished. It's, it's possible considering all of her worldly possessions burned in a fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, where'd she get all that stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, are are news reporters paid that much? <laughs> she well, got a she raise. She's the like, highest paid one yeah. in the city. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's just it boggles my mind, and I, I feel like I'm just gonna start asking all of our guests what their thought is on that. I feel like it has to be like at at the minimum, it's got to be at least a couple of weeks. Yeah. At maximum. I don't even know. Like I've seen articles where they're like a year later the turtles return, and it's like that no. cannot be. But a yeah, year. but then there's that, no way. That's probably the that movie means, release, though. Yeah, I but hope then that so. means Shredder was just in the dump for like a year. He's just been asleep under garbage for that long. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can sleep for a long time. <laughs> He's been recovering. I mean, we are the talking healing about restorative a movie. powers of garbage. I think I think a few weeks is pretty uh, like a pretty good estimate because. Like, yeah, the recovery and all that. And, like, you know, April's annoyed with them at this point. So they've had to, like, overstay for a little bit. Um, I mean, with the Foot Ninja argument, it could have just been, like, you know, a few weeks later. Like, someone sends out a... Um, they didn't have email back then. Meet up at the place. <laughs> it's like, it's like hey, guys, them. we're bringing the band back together. <laughs> they, they put a, they put a post-it up on the community board. Yeah. but They then, probably like, had a contingency plan. Like, if, if the shit ever hits the fan... Wait, like, so long for the heat to die down and then meet at the dump. Yeah, and then, like, this is all the people that showed up, you know? And then, like, yeah. everyone else must have been picked up a, a month ago, you know? Or realized it was stupid and found something else to do. Yeah, yes. there's... Well, yeah, like, they turned around a few of them, like, at the end of the last movie, you know? Sam realized it's not a family. family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you call this here and that over there a family? You, you call this here... And that down there, family. I love that uh, line so much. It's such a good line. <laughs> there's so many good lines in that first movie. Um, yeah. And and I know you think there's a lot of great lines in this movie too. I wish that I felt as strongly about the, the second movie dialogue hey, as you. Maybe do. spending more time marinating in it, you'll change your mind. I hope so, man. I'm, if there's anything I'm hoping to gain from from doing Secret of the Use minute, it's I want to love this movie more than I do because as I've said before, I like this movie. I don't know if I love this movie, but I do mm. like this movie. Like, don't get um, me wrong. I loved, like, all of the movies. Like, people shit on the, the third movie. Like, I love all of them. They all have their, like... It's pretty shit on <laughs> <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> to bring me back for the third movie. Fight oh, me. man. <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, boy. <laughs> I just... I want to be... I want to be the puppet nerd for a moment here. Uh, everyone's favorite puppet. You're the only puppet weeb. nerd. Um, so there's this great moment. I keep, I keep watching this over and over again with uh, Raph sitting on the couch when he's like, we, we kicked their butts. What's the big deal? And he flips off the camera. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> he totally does. Oh my God. But um, in this, in this, like, it's like a five second moment, like a, a five second little exchange. He has about seven different facial expressions and they're all 
awesome. Like his eyes get real big. They get real small. And he gets this, like, what are you, what are you talking about? Kind of face. You know, it, it, it makes me a little sad because while I don't think the puppets look as good and I don't think the suits look as like real in this movie, I think, like I said, I feel like the lighting affects it. I feel like they don't look as like wet and like living in this movie, but like physically the sculpts are really good. The, the suits look really tight and the puppet the puppeteering, the animatronic work is stellar in this movie all yeah, throughout. It's, it's really, really tight. But uh, so far it's, it's been Raph though. Like Raph has had some of the best puppetry work like i really like donnie in this movie but the face sculpt is off and it's like leaf tilden really overdoes it a lot in this movie like it's very like he's he's performing for the people in the back row whereas raf there's a lot of subtlety to him um did you miss the oh sorry ariel go ahead i was just gonna say raf tends to be the most emotionally driven character so maybe that just kind of tells you like yeah he has to like you know, he, he feels more feels. So he needs more expression. Um, Adam, did you, did you notice the part about, Oh, like two, three seconds in when Mikey takes like a cube of pizza and stuffs it in his mouth and how he very nearly misses. (laughs) (laughs) Again, that's another really great expression. Like his eyes close and like, he's got this, this smile about him. I mean, that one always strikes me as a little funny because, like, his mouth opens, like, so fast. Like, it just jerks open. And, like, like, you can almost see, like, the puppet bounce on the hinges when it does it. And then he, like, fumbles the pizza into his mouth. I just think it's really funny. And you and know there's a guy. It's pretty good. The food is hanging out, like, not even between his teeth. It's, like, in front of his teeth hanging on his lips. And there's a guy in there who's looking through that mouth who's now got a chunk of pizza in his face. Just like, how long do I have to wait with this here before I can tip over and drop this out of the puppet mouth? I also really like this bit that Donnie's doing where it keeps cutting back to him. He's like, he's right. He's right. They're Donnie both is right. so slapstick in this movie. Yeah. He was, he's always doing a bit, it seems. Well, I have, Comedy stylings I have, of Donatello. I have a friend who is a huge Michelangelo fan, but she says that when she was a kid, she her favorite one was Donnie because she saw the movies first and she thought that he was the funniest. But it's like hmm. then she realized like throughout the turtle history that like, you know, Mikey's the funniest. So she ended up yeah. liking him more. But that's kind Did of you? interesting. He was like he was the funny one here. He yeah. is, and he is in the first one too. And actually, the the the, the one two punch of Donnie and Mikey, we kind of came up with a nickname for them. I don't know if you've heard it, but we like to call them Donatangelo <laughs> because they have so many. Especially in the first movie, they have so many moments together. Like those two are Rosencrantz and, Raph and, Leo and are like butting heads. Like Donnie and Mikey are very often over in the corner, like snickering at them or doing something else. And also, Donnie doesn't really have many times to shine when it comes to him being the smart one. Like in the shows, he's always working on inventions, and he does not have inventions really. In like. I can't really think of anything in the first movie aside from him working on the car, but like Casey's yeah. the one working on the car more. So, um, you know, this movie, he like types at a computer. He's like the only one who knows how to use a computer. Big whoop, you know, but like, like no one actually like embraces the fact that he does technology until like the way newer movies, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's that thing of, we talked about this last year when you have a group of four in a movie or any like a franchise property, there's sort of four archetypes. You have the hothead, the leader, the funny guy and the brain, and those show up all over different franchises. Um, the original turtle comics that that first movie was based off, based off of didn't necessarily follow that as much. 
the turtles more subtle, personalities. Right? Yeah, they weren't all fleshed out as much. Um, and therefore, Steve Barron, the director of the first movie, didn't really incorporate that aspect of Donatello into the movie. However, by 1991, the cartoon is insanely popular. And Michael Pressman is like, okay, well, we need Donatello to clearly be, you know, machine guy. And Raphael needs to be uh, this guy. And, you know, the the archetype sort of uh, align up with the cartoon a lot more. There's a lot more influence from the cartoon showing up in that even, way in this e- movie. Even though in the cartoon, Raph isn't really a hothead. He's just more, like, sarcastic. Like, Correct. Is, like, He's a little funnier, more what biting. I, what I like to think about the 80s cartoon, Raph, is that, like, if you, like, really watch him, he's still kind of, like, done with everyone's shit, but, like, he's doing it in a more kid-friendly way. Yeah, he's breaking the fourth <laughs> wall when he does it. Like, he's he's sarcastic, like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, this is what's happening, you know? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, really? I'm a giant turtle and I'm fighting a warthog? This is happening? <laughs> yeah, like he's looking at the audience like, you guys agree, right? Like, this is this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's that kind of get a load of this guy yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like the uh, the way that they managed to retell the ending of the first movie here by Raphael just explaining why, you know, he should be allowed to, uh, you know, go back to the old sewer den, I guess. But they do a really good job of kind of like going back through the exposition. Right. Uh, and All the again, humans in the city were really worried about the Shredder and we killed him. So they're going to forget about their prejudice and fear for what is strange and unusual. But no one yes. actually knows that they killed the Shredder. Yeah, because nobody right. knew about the Shredder and nobody cared. Yeah. <laughs> He was in charge of all the PG crime in New York. Big whoop. <laughs> I was like, how he's like, we saved the city. It's like, was the city really in danger? Did you? I, <laughs> I love it. Like, I think it's the nostalgia critic who said this. Where it's like, what's their plan? Steal yeah. stuff. <laughs> the foot, yeah, we came up with that same thing. We, we like, talked about their plan so much, and it's yeah. just like, what, what is plan? their end game? Yeah, they're gonna so, steal. They're stealing all the commercial goods like during the summer, so that during Christmas everybody's like, "Man, I wasn't able to buy any presents." And then they're gonna open up a whole bunch of Foot Clan like bodegas where they sell all their high end merchandise. <laughs> that they've Shredder's stolen. gonna yeah. steal Christmas. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Their plan was just like skateboard. His heart grew yeah. three like, sizes that day. Steal stuff and corrupt children, like and skateboard and, and smoke and play yeah. cards. And I was gonna say get regular smoke or menthol. menthol. <laughs> um, Anything so you want to do, the, do it. The Raphael hanging out the window bit is pretty great. And if I remember correctly, I think they even tack on. Yeah, they do. When he screams, they they amp up the reverb a little bit on his voice, which is kind of a nice little effect. And you can hear the the blinds slapping around against the window, too. I always like that little touch. Um, And we get a music cue that pipes in here, too. We start getting the splinter theme coming back in, which I I think is the same splinter theme from the first movie. I'd have to check my vinyl record release that I just picked up at Comic-Con. Your Mm -hmm. new record. (laughs) <laughs> um, but we also get Splinter's gnarly foot in this uh, shot. You know, that we get foot. That, that foot just plops down on the step, and it's all wrapped up and bandaged and gross. Okay, looking. Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> I have a thing for puppet rat feet. Mm. Well, then this is just the movie for you. <laughs> that and Willard. Yeah. Um, so we see Splinter for the first time in this movie, and I have, my question is. Is Splinter's robe more tattered now? Did they like keep going with the continuity and like it looks like rips and tears have been patched up with like hodgepodged fabric? Am I right mm. on that? That's different than the first movie, right? I'm not clear on whether it's different or if it's just 
you know, much better lit. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch the first one a minute at a time. <laughs> it is definitely better lit. Yeah, yeah I definitely. I don't think movie. I remember seeing like the black and white polka dot polka dot patches on his thing in and his 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 robe there in the first movie. I would. I'd like to think it's just the producers being like, "Remember when he was tortured and crucified? Yeah, he probably <laughs> tore up his he probably tore up his robe a bit. We should probably make it look like it's been through hell." <laughs> You'd think April would get him a new robe. Yeah, or like let him borrow one of hers. Yeah. <laughs> like nice I mean, silk. She is the best paid reporter in New York City in yeah. part because of the suffering that you can Winter went through. You can furnish your whole apartment, but you can't get your old man friend new clothes after he's been tortured. Wow, April. <laughs> April seems like the kind of lady who has a silk kimono lying around. Oh, probably. Oh, yeah. yeah. She was waiting I to show it to s- Casey. I have several silk kimonos lying around. <laughs> But then, you know, Casey went to jail, so now she can't show it to him. <laughs> yeah, Splinter Splinter just comes one of your geese. Yeah. Splinter comes out just wearing negligee. Yeah. <laughs> He's wearing a Victoria's teddy. Secret. All right, well, or, this took a dark turn. He's got garters Or like one of those robes that has like a ducky head to it. <laughs> Splinter's like secret. Like, yeah, like that <laughs> Have you, have you heard about this goat? It has like emotional problems. And it's only what? happy when it's wearing this like ducky costume. That sounds uh, totally that, that made That sounds up. like an episode of the animated series. Right? Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> What's wrong with the world? She's um, adorable. <laughs> but we get, we get Splinter. And I do like the way that they sort of shot him walking down the steps because we didn't get a lot of lower body shots of Splinter before. And it definitely made him feel more like a puppet. Uh, he feels a little bit more living right now. The fact that they've got, you know, the shot of him walking and, you know, he looks a little bit more filled out in this film. And feathered that, hair for style. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, he's definitely a little puffier in the hair department. He's looking better. He got um, him teased out a little bit. <laughs> Does anyone else uh, notice that I don't think anywhere during the first movie, I can't recall, I might be wrong in this, but I don't think that Raphael ever argued with Splinter in the first movie. No. Raphael was the one who like was like almost the most accepting of Splinter's wisdom and like sort of deferred to him even more than the other kids did. But in this one, he's like standing up to him uh, a little bit. You know, he kind of at uh, the very beginning, like I don't know if you call this arguing, but it's like I lost a side, then it's gone, but I can get yeah. it back. I can oh, get okay. it back. That is true. That's yeah. a good point. But it's more I mean, so he, like. It's his father, so it's kind of like that. Like, also, like, you know, come sit by me. Can't this wait till morning? You will listen now. And he's like, fine, you know? Yeah. yeah. He he listened and he took it all very personally and he had his, has a very deep emotional connection to him. But he doesn't, he's not, you know, teacher's pet, like, uh, deferential the way that, like, you know, when when, when they come back from their first light, uh, fight, like, Leonardo, like, you know, he, he, he plops down and says, uh, in, like, right in front of Master. But, like, Raphael is kind of like, mm, you know, just hanging out. Like, mm. he's, he's a little more like, uh, he's too cool for school. And uh, while he is listening, he, he's, he's, he's not going to be, like, respectful about it. But then also, like... Like, definitely, it's probably, like, you know, Splinter's probably one of the only people in Raph's life at the moment because, like, it's just his brothers and Master Splinter and, like, you know, they don't really go topside and meet people. It's, like, 
you know, the only person that really understands him is Master Splinter. So, like, you know, you had that scene where, like, he told him, like, yeah, your anger and all this kind of stuff, and it made Raph cry and all that. You know, he's the one who reacts the harshest when he's kidnapped, and then at the way end of the movie... Uh, when they have Master Splinter back, back in Shredder's dead, you know, all the turtles are dancing around, and then Raph goes up to Splinter and hugs him, you know? Yeah. 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 I, he's just a great character. The way they. He feels his feelings much more than the others. Oh, God. Yeah. It just makes me love that first movie so much. I love it. <laughs> so, so I was just looking at this mirror in the background. It looks like a, fl- a throwing star. It does. Yeah. But I, at first I thought. You could see part of the camera's oh, matte box uh, oh, on the right hand no. side, but oh, I don't no. think that's what it is. I, I think it's just something in the foreground because Donnie walks across it, and it's in the foreground. So if it was the camera, oh, I don't know, have... but you can definitely see Raphael reflected in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is it's really good blocking because like that's I've that's always tricky that. when there's a mirror in the room. Yeah, I've never noticed that you could see Raph in that shot. That's super cool. Excellent. Wow. Look at we learn something every day here. Um, Real uh, depth and composition. April's penchant for terrible decor has not gone unchanged since the last movie, you know? Like, she can't ever put just normal stuff in her apartments. <laughs> like, she doesn't I, live above uh, uh, an antique store anymore. You could sort of. You know, maybe <laughs> this is just furnished with all the stuff that the. All the stuff that survived the fire. Mm hmm. You mean the stuff from? Uh, uh, don't please don't. What was the don't name do of that? No, no. What was don't it again? Don't do it. No. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there it is. Now, uh, Ariel, I promise it makes a lot more sense if you listen regularly. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have bits on our show. We do. We have running jokes. I picked up. It was, it was running joke. I took a step back. Let you have your moment. <laughs> <laughs> It's my catchphrase now. I can't get away from it. It's like, did I do that? Yourself, much to my (laughs) chagrin. Uh, What an accomplishment you accomplished! I I do love this little moment where Michelangelo realizes he's about to get like a lecture, and he's like, "Oh crap! I gotta hide my pizza." Yeah, serious moment. (laughs) (laughs) Mikey looks more like a frog right now. Yeah, he is is very throaty, angled. And Leo has like almost a red shine to his beak. In this movie? Yeah. Like, he's, like, blushing. Interesting. Didn't we notice last year that they would actually put makeup on the turtles for different situations? Yeah, like, they would have bruises and stuff. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I never noticed that. Yeah. If you watch real close after some of the fight scenes, you can definitely see, like, where they they paint on some bruises onto the the puppets. Hmm. Much to um, the protest of the puppeteers, we learned. Yeah, from- they were not happy. Yeah, the director told us that uh, that was that was something he had to fight for because they were like, "You're going to damage the foam," which they did. Right, <laughs> but it looked. Great. We've seen those shots of like the decayed uh, original props and like how how horrifying they, they do look. look. Absolutely terrifying. <laughs> um, but, but it worked. As the turtles gather around the splinter, that sort of brings us to the end of the minute. Uh, so we've, we've finished another one. Any, any last thoughts, final words, Hmm. things you wanted to say and didn't get to say. Oh yeah. None of them are in jail. I mean, like, you know, they, they, they just got to say like, uh, go to the, uh, you know, the warehouse on blankety blank and, uh, and you'll get all your answers there. No, but how many of the foot kids ended up in jail? Really? Well, Judy, uh, maybe. 
I, I hope that at least Tiff made I mean, it out. Okay. I mean, Sam, Sam Rockwell's <laughs> not in jail. They were at least grounded for the rest of the summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they they just went back home, uh, you know, to where to the to the you know Upper East Side homes they had been rebelling from, uh, and, and uh, you know they went back to their private schools and maybe, blanky blanks. Maybe Sam Rockwell got sent to military school or something. It seems like he would have gone to military school. It seems like he could have been a character in like. Major pain after this or something. <laughs> well, you know, probably all of the foot ninjas that were in the room because that was like a large group of kids during the Tatsu and Casey fight. That whole speech, they're probably all turned around, and then everyone who showed up for the fight, Aww. like they didn't get their turnaround, they didn't get their lecture, and so they're all, Aww. you know. But then, Splinter like, subtract they're the true believer, cadre. Yeah, or like subtract all the ones that were like, you know, knocked out and then probably like arrested or something. Oh yeah, the ones who missed Casey's speech, but were there to see the giant rat kill their fa- their master father. You think? <laughs> do you think the police went down into the sewer and rounded up any of the ones that were knocked out down there at the end mm-hmm. of the last movie? No, those guys died at high tide, <laughs> <laughs> just drowning in filth. Ew. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. All right, well, that wraps up Minute 12. Uh, make sure you check out Ariel R2 Ninja Turtle uh, is the the way to Google her to find her. DeviantArt, YouTube, Instagram, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, and uh, at TMNT Minute for us and all the usual places and things. We will see you guys on Wednesday for Minute 13. It'll be our last day with Ariel, sad Aww, to say. Aww. Sad. But uh, you can definitely look forward to her reciting the entire minute. I don't know. Can she do it? Will she be successful? (laughs) Tune in tomorrow. Find out. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Cowabunga.